Money and Michael Yorba, thanks for joining with us. All right, I have Christian Morrison, founder of Six Figure Pet Business Academy. Christian, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on the show with us. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. All right, me too. Give us some background on the Six Figure uh, Pet Business, how you got into it, what you brought to it, and then I've got some other questions for you we can walk down the road with. Okay, that sounds great. So I started my pet business in my early to mid 20s. I had always known that I loved animals, always wanted to work with animals and wasn't quite sure exactly what form that would take. But I ended up meeting someone who had a dog walking business and within literally 30 seconds of meeting her, she asked me if I'd like to work for her. And I said, yes, <laughs> another immediate decision. And I ended up working for her for three months. And then I ended up starting my business. And it was one of those decisions in my life where I felt like this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. It just felt completely right. And I had my business for 18 years. Um, I hired many, many people to work for me through the course of those 18 years and I have written books for pet business owners. I do a lot of coaching for pet business owners and I help them create success. Um, it's not an easy business, so it's helpful to have a guide and I'm really happy to be that guide for those who are in need. Now there's a big leap between dreaming about your own business and actually turning your dreams into a reality. Walk us through that. It's true. <laughs> and especially for a lot of pet lovers who think, oh, I want to do this, but they don't have any business knowledge or experience, it can be doubly hard. So it's really important to take it step by step. So getting a business license, you know, doing the tangible steps that are going to get you to actually having a legally <laughs> binding business that, you know, you can then get business insurance and feel protected by, but also to be able to really learn how to set boundaries with clients. There are a lot of skills that come from simply owning your business and doing it. <laughs> Some of those can't, can't be taught. You know, I can tell you, okay, this is what you need to do to set boundaries. But for a lot of people, it really comes to them having a business and being able to do that. Um, when I talk about boundaries, I'm saying when clients are asking for a discount and you don't want to give a discount, um, if they live very far away and you don't want to travel far, you know, in the beginning, a lot of people take whatever they can get just to get clients. And that can be a problem because they end up having these clients and having a hard time letting them go. And then they're trying to take care of the clients they have in addition to these ones early on that, you know, are discount clients or that live very far away. One of the things that you do is you help guide people to connect with new business opportunities virtually. Walk us through that. 
Uh, so yes, I do. So in ter- are you saying in terms of meeting clients? business connections or? that you reach out to and bring into your environment virtually. Does that help? Oh, right. Yes, exactly. So part of what I do is in my initial coaching session, when I'm working with a pet business owner, I am looking at their website, which has a lot to do with whether clients are going to want to work with them or not. For a lot of clients, it starts with the website. And websites can be as important as the clothes we're wearing. (laughs) It really, you know, clients decide and kind of judge us based on the appearance of our website, whether it's professional or not can really determine whether they even want to make the call to see if you're a pet care provider they're interested in working with. So, you know, it really does start these days in the virtual realm in terms of connecting with clients. And I also advise pet business owners who have clients reach out or prospective clients reach out via email to really pick up the phone and give them a call. There's something very powerful about clients hearing your voice, you know, being able to really get a sense of who you are through your voice. It's very old fashioned, (laughs) but it works. And it also can be incredibly powerful if perhaps your prices are higher than your competitors. You know, they can really hear you and your confidence level in terms of stating you are worth what you're charging, which can be very hard to convey through email. I agree 100%. I do like the personal touch. It's always worked with me. You also help people stay out of trouble by giving them (laughs) guidelines on what to look for and what to avoid when bringing on employees, people in in this industry specifically, uh, pet sitters, dog walkers, things of that nature. I do. Yeah. One of the One of the products that I have for pet business owners, and they don't necessarily need to buy this for me, they can create their own, but it's something that I used in my own hiring process, which is called an application packet. And basically it's a very lengthy packet. It's about eight pages that prospective um, hires fill out before they even are considered to be able to work for that company. And when I had this and I had my own company, Um, One of the questions was on the application packet, list three words that best describe why you would make a great pet sitter or dog walker. And what I found is if somebody put three sentences or a paragraph, they weren't paying attention. Um, And written notes are very important. A lot of clients have written notes. So this application packet is really kind of, a barometer for whether this person is going to actually follow directions. You know, that's one facet of it. But I think it's really important to create or get an application packet that's really going to help weed out those people who, you know, are going to be good or not. Doesn't necessarily guarantee they're going to be great by filling out the packet, but I found that nine times out of 10, they were really great people and they ended up staying with me for quite a long time because it shows commitment when they're willing to fill out something like that. I agree. You also have a statement that says work less, earn more. Tell our audience what that means. Well, I think a lot of pet business owners have this idea and I know I did too in the beginning of having my business, which is because I'm a business owner, 
society and just the, the belief out there is that I have to work really hard to make decent money. And I began to question that belief and really look at that in my own work life and stand up to it and try to really turn it on its side and make it into a different reality. <laughs> so it sounds very woo-woo, but actually for me, it was as powerful as just observing how I had this belief that making money was hard. And when I looked around me and observed the business owners around me, I really saw them living that reality. And I didn't have a role model that could exemplify what making money you know, as being easy could be. And I had to be my own role model to create that. And, you know, that's a very, a bit of a longer conversation, which I'd love to have with you sometime, um, how I went to do that. But one of the first steps was just observing that that was a belief of mine, really looking at where that originated for me. You know, part of it was the societal belief that if you're a business owner, you have to work really hard. That's kind of ingrained in our society. Most people believe that about business owners. And looking at, well, how, what if that's not true? You know, what would my life look like if that wasn't true? And beginning to really create actions that would really look at that and turn, I would turn my back on that belief. So, you know, raising my rates, having a lot of fear around raising my rates, but a simple act of raising rates can begin to help you make more money without doing more work. You know, that's one example of creating a different reality. Is, is that part of what you mean by being able to work outside of your comfort zones? Yes, I, but it, for me, it's more of a a mental mindset of working outside of the comfort zone than it is about physically working outside of the comfort zone. Because it's easy to get into the belief that is all around us, you know, wherever we look. And it doesn't necessarily need to be that way. So <laughs> I see I froze up a little bit there. <laughs> That's okay. All right, Kristen, um, I, I really want to thank you for being our guest on today's show, and I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, you've been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and don't forget, download our new app, CEO Money, on iOS and Android.